0: Okay, uh, thank you again uh, for, uh, for being here today at the um, 2007 Northwest Sunstone Symposium. We very much enjoyed uh, the, the previous two presentations, and now we're very excited to present to you a panel um, entitled, God loveth his children, a new LDS pamphlet on homosexuality. Um, And so without any further ado, well, I'll read the abstract. A new pamphlet about homosexuality appeared on the church's website um, uh, in late July 2007. The pamphlet is entitled God Loveth His Children and among other things says that the church does not know what causes same-sex attractions but does not believe sexual abuse and sexual experimentation in childhood are responsible. It declares that same-sex attractions are not considered sinful, but affirms that acting on those attractions is incompatible with God's plan for families in the afterlife. It urges same-sex attraction, LDS members, to remain active in the church and asks other members to treat them with love and respect. This panel will discuss the new pamphlet, and welcomes a wide-ranging and frank discussion on this important topic. So, um, without any further ado, I'd like to turn the time over to Ron Scow from Pocatello, Idaho, um, who will be the moderator uh, for this panel. So, Ron Scow.
1: Thank you, John. <coughs> it's uh, it's always fun to be involved with the Sunstone Group. I've been doing Sunstone for. 25 or 30 years, I haven't figured it out, but uh, it's always exciting. And uh, it's a little different to come uh, to a a Northwest (coughs) Symposium because, you know, when we're in Salt Lake, um, we have a a variety of choices. And uh, so when I have spoken in the past at a session discussing homosexuality, it it tends to uh, draw a particular crowd. And in this particular case... Uh, everyone who is part of the symposium is going to be participating. So I've been uh, thinking about that a little bit and uh, realizing that uh, uh, we would like to uh, to use this opportunity. I'm I've been wanting to, for a long time to discuss this in Sunday school. <laughs> uh, twice a month, I lead a a discussion. Uh, oh a home evening discussion for the little branch where I participate and uh, since this new pamphlet came out I've been trying to uh, decide whether whether I feel brave enough to discuss the pamphlet uh, because my lesson material always comes from the Ensign and so there is a pamphlet, or there is an article in the Ensign this month on same gender attraction. Well anyway, with this Sunstone group we are used to talking with you about homosexuality, and so it's it's interesting to try to figure out what part of that t- to talk about. Um, it was interesting uh, to see that when President Iring got his first question at the press conference a week ago, it was on same-gender attraction. It was on homosexuality. It seems to be very much on a lot of people's minds these days, and it's on the minds of a lot of members of the church. I, um, I enjoyed John's session last night over at Molly's home, um, and uh, the sessions today have been fascinating. Uh, it seems like we're talking about a personal uh, crisis of faith uh, in almost every session, and uh, certainly there are elements of, of this subject that create personal crises of faith for people. Um, they they create uh, it. It creates it uh, for people and for families, and um, in general, it it uh, it comes to involve all of us. And I would I would present myself to you as someone who has looked at this very very carefully um, over a long period of time. What's what's exciting to me is I believe that the leaders of the church are beginning. To believe this, and they're beginning to to put out statements that support the position that I just took. That is, it's not a choice, and it doesn't go away. And I believe that when the uh, members of the church believe, as the leaders seem to be believing, that we'll be in a very different place on this issue. But we're just we're just starting to get there. Let me just. Um, Say, having said that much by way of introduction, that, that we have a variety of uh, things to, to discuss here with you today. We're going to talk a little bit about how the church position seems to have changed in the last 20 years. And then we're going to have an opportunity to talk a little bit about a personal um, res- uh, uh, report. Uh, Clark's going to tell us about his experience and we're going to talk a little bit about the family situation with the Pingree family. So let me just uh, tell you that um, um, I uh, have this history with the subject. I began um, working um, with it because of some interests that uh, were in my family, My nephew was gay, and he died of AIDS. Um, So it became an issue in my broader family. I had a background having had a bachelor's degree at Utah State in biology, a minor in psychology. So I became interested and helped publish uh, Peculiar People. Uh, That was in 1991. Let me say a couple of other things that I became involved with, but I'll tell you also at the same time that I'm a father of five. I'm a grandfather of twelve. I'm a emeritus professor from Idaho State University where I teach in the audiology program. Um, I'm executive secretary over home teaching in this small branch that I talked about. Um, And then in terms of other things that I've done on the subject of homosexuality, we created a pamphlet um, a few years ago called The Persistence of Same-Sex Attraction in Latter-day Saints Who Undergo Counseling or Change Therapy. This is a report from about five different sources that describes the outcomes when we look at large numbers of people um, including uh, uh, about 800 who had gone to one LDS uh, family services therapist and uh, so this, this is one of the reports we pulled together it's, it's jointly authored by uh, William Bradshaw at, from BYU and from Mary Beth Rains and from Robert Reese um, Bob Reese was a bishop um, in the Los Angeles area for five years, and uh, over that period of time worked with about 50 uh, who were dealing with same-sex attraction. So um, that was another thing that we did um, besides this was that we created a book called A Guide for Latter-day Saint Families Dealing with Homosexual Attraction. And this was sold at Deseret Book for a period of time. This also is jointly authored by the four of us that I just described. Uh, In addition, we um, created three documentaries that um, John was good enough to put up on the internet. And uh, these, um, I feel the message of them is it's not a choice and it doesn't go away. And the good news is, John tells me, the three documentaries have now been watched over 100,000 times. So that's, that's pretty exciting for us. Um, one, uh, one other thing, just to plug Levi's uh, dialogue a little bit, um, uh, I was involved in writing an article for Dialogue uh, about a year ago, which uh, deals with the subject of mixed orientation marriages. Uh, Someone gay marrying someone who's straight. So these are some ways I've been involved, and I am a very avid church watcher. (laughs) Uh, I'm very interested in in what the church position is on this and how it's changed and so forth, and so that's what I'll be talking to you about. Um, But we have, in addition to uh, the church position, or the position of church leaders, we have the position of, of members, and um, the some of the family dynamics that I've alluded to, and so we'll get um, Clark to tell you a little bit about his story, and uh, Clark uh, graduated from BYU in 2001. Uh, he's employed by Wells Fargo, currently living in Located in Salt Lake City and soon moving to the Bay Area. Clark has been affiliated with uh, Sunstone for eight years, and uh, some of you may know that uh, Toby is his uncle, so he's part of this prominent Pingree family. Um, Toby was, of course, the chair of of, uh, Sunstone for uh, many years. And uh, Clark began the process of being openly gay about a year and a half ago. So he'll tell us more about that story. Dan uh, Pingree, his brother, has lived in Seattle for six years. He's uh, married and the father of one daughter. Is it Britton? And uh, his wife is Kristen, who was at the session last night. Uh, Dan says, I should announce that he is an avowed heterosexual (laughs) and he's a graduate of BYU and Harvard and he's currently employed by Drugstore.com in Bellevue, Washington. So anyway, that's the three of us. Let me just say um, in whatever time I have left that um, I want to tell you There's this interesting history of the documents that the church has produced on homosexuality uh, beginning in about 1965 when President Kimball began to publish different articles. This is called Love versus Lust. Uh, that's an address he gave at BYU in which he talks about homosexuality quite a bit. Here's Hope for Transgressors, 1970, So Many Kinds of Voices, these are fairly extensive treatments of the subject. That was 1971. Here's New Horizons for Homosexuals, 1971. A Letter to a Friend, 1978. These are very much the same kind of message. Um, I didn't bring his book, but it's what, what is in here is very similar to Miracle of Forgiveness. Um, here's Boyd K. Packer, 1976. Uh, called Two Young Men Only, and uh, here's To the One by Elder Packer, which he gave at BYU in 1978, which brings us, um, in terms of more or less official statements, to a 1992 um, guide. It uh, has the official stamp of the church on it, uh, the official copyright, And it's called Understanding and Helping Those Who Have Homosexual Problems, Suggestions for Ecclesiastical Leaders. That's 1992, and this is the last thing we had from the church of an official nature until this came out in July of this year. So this is called God Loveth His Children, and it... um, It indicates here that it was approved in April, and so then it appeared in in July. It's on the church website, and as near as I can tell, this is the new official church position replacing this pamphlet. By the way, we got a new church handbook um, within the past year, and that church handbook references this guideline, indicating that it was the official position until now but uh, hopefully when the new handbook comes out it will reference this one because in my judgment this is a a great improvement over this one just the names would tell you something here it's a homosexual problem and here it's the rather neutral God loveth his children so um, I, I think maybe um, I could go through some of the statements in, in this one and in this one and show you how uh, things have changed and how they've improved. But um, I, I don't think we'll have time for that except maybe on a question uh, basis. But let me just summarize it by going through what, I, what we handed out, and hopefully everyone has a copy of that. Um, I think the most significant thing in the new uh, pamphlet, uh, let, me, let me just add that it seems to me that this new position that has emerged now just in the last year um, came first in the form of an interview with Elder Oaks and Elder Wickman, which was placed on the church website in August of 2000. 2000- 2006. It was it was then followed by God loveth His children, in July of 2007, and then just this month, with an article by um, Elder Holland. So this is in the ends of this month. If you haven't seen it, you'll want to take a look at it. Those three, I think, are were all designed to to come out together and to be viewed together, at least that's my assessment of it, Um, I believe that they were carefully designed and carefully approved by all of the apostles and the First Presidency. And uh, so to come back then to what I think is the most important thing that is acknowledged in these three new statements, it's this... uh, Suggestion that same gender attraction is a core characteristic of persons. Now, Elder Wickman is the one who said that. But they do, um, in fact, refer to it as orientation, which it seems to me is a major uh, concession. In other words, up until now, um, it's often been viewed as a sin or as, as a problem but now it is seen as a core characteristic of persons. They do, of course, say that it's not the only characteristic, but it is one. And so I think that's a a big and important uh, concession. Number two, the church has no position on nature or nurture with respect to same-gender attraction. And I think that also is very important. If you go back to the statements of the 60s and 70s, they're full of... Um, no one is born gay <clears throat> um, and uh, that particular statement was made over and over again but you do not find it in these three new statements uh, the closest we get to that is Elder Oaks in the, in the um, interview says we do not believe that anyone is born with something that they cannot control. So we seem to have moved away from taking a position on whether or not people are born gay and, and Elder Oaks and Elder Rickman are very clear that the church has no position on nature or nurture. Uh, we also know that President Hinckley in 2004 made a a statement to, on Larry King in which he was asked, are people born gay? And President Hinckley said, I don't know. I am not an expert on these things. I don't pretend to be an expert on these things. So I think it's, it's pretty clear that they, they have moved into this place where there's no position on nature or nurture, and that's a very good thing. Uh, part of these statements um, uh, emphasize attractions alone do not make you unworthy, and and that is part of something that's been happening in the church handbooks. Uh, but but this is the first time it's actually been said in just this emphatic kind of way. Attractions alone do not make you unworthy. The 1992 uh, statement says that people should be able to uh, overcome these feelings and that if you're righteous enough or do the right therapy or whatever, that that this can go away. And uh, the, so the suggestion is that you're not worthy if you still have those feelings. But here, in these 3 new statements we're getting very clearly attractions alone do not make you unworthy Um, number four therapy is no longer being promised as a cure-all for same-gender attraction and marriage is not a cure-all for same-gender attraction we could go into that but uh, suffice it to say those are important things that that have been coming but they're made much more clearer now in these three new statements um, church callings are not denied to those with same-gender attractions. So that goes along with they do the, the attractions do not make you unworthy, so you're, you're worthy to hold any church position. Uh, this, this, na- this last one, same-gender attraction, will be fixed in the next life. As near as I can tell, that is brand new with the interviews in connection with, with the PBS documentary that's the first time I think I have ever heard v- that position articulated. Namely that uh, it's alright if it can't be fixed in this life it, it will be fixed in the next life. So uh, based upon what we were reading here that didn't come up because of course if you were worthy enough if you did the right kind of therapy you were going to be fixed in this life. But now that that is not the position then we have a new suggestion and that is that it will be fixed in the, in the next life. So there are definitely some concerns about the new pamphlet. I've mentioned a couple of them here. One of the issues is that it really doesn't go beyond those who are uh, still listening and in the fold. It's, it's designed for people who are Younger, I think, and for people who have, have uh, still are in a position that they're responding to the authority of their church. So um, Clark will maybe introduce us to the issues for someone who has stepped beyond that. Um, but there is one little um, olive leaf here, and that is that uh, it is... <clears throat> There's this wonderful statement in the last paragraph of the pamphlet which I think is is a way to reach out and I don't know how we as members are going to respond to this or just what the brethren have in mind when they say this, but they say no one is or ever could be excluded from the circle of God's love or the extended arms of his church for we are all his beloved sons and daughters. So my question I guess is How will the church and how will the Lord extend his arms to those who have stepped away from the church and who maybe have found a same-sex partner? How will we as members extend our arms to those folks? Well, there's a a lot more we could talk about, but I think it's time to let uh, Clark
0: uh, tell us his story.